everything was just falling into place. Welcome to the uh, No Mike Show. Uh, just me and Josh hanging out um, on on a, on a the third week of, of quarantining um, with all of you. Um, Josh drinking from a non-victory beverage because there's no soccer. Uh, yeah, yeah. I had to remember to open it off air. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're about ready to start recording. I better open this now before we start recording. Yeah, when when you pop the top, uh, something in me like happened, and I but I didn't, you know, I couldn't really put it to words, and it just kind of fell in the background. So, yeah, it's not going to be the longest episode ever, um, but we did have things happening um, that that we should talk about. One of them being, uh, let's just start off with the fun Bend It Like Beckham movie. Um, We all watched it, you know, some earlier than others. (laughs) I say that because I didn't watch it on the designated night, but I have seen the movie before. Um, Josh, you you watched it and and live tweeted it. I, I, was it? I forget about the movie for now. How, how's the live tweeting thing happening? Is it is it fun? Is a lot of people engaging? Are you? Yeah, it's actually been pretty pretty fun. Uh, I think we had the most people during Green Street Hooligans, uh, but we also had a pretty good crowd for uh, Bennett like Beckham, and it's it's mostly like you know the the Mongols crew tweeting yeah. the most, but there's there's at least like three or four people tweeting as well. Um, and it's just pretty much think of it if you ever seen mystery science theater 3000 think of it like that except for just on twitter instead it's pretty much people ripping the movie or like making jokes and that kind of stuff i heard a weird rumor that they might be rebooting mystery science theater i mean they did they rebooted on netflix for a while um and it was on netflix and it ran for i think two or three seasons and then it's canceled again so eh. (laughs) i had a good run i guess yeah okay So, so we've had three mod movies now. Uh-huh. The Van, Green Street Hooligans, and Bennett Like Beckham. How would you rate Bennett Like Beckham in, in the three so far? And also, I want to get to the point why you're thinking of that. Uh-huh. I want to I ask, like, what, what makes a sport movie? And was Bennett Like Beckham a soccer movie? Was it... Like did did it clear the bar? I feel like the van. A lot of a lot of discussion around the van was, eh. It was it's, it was a yeah. movie with soccer in the background. Green Street Hooligans. You could maybe argue something similar. Um, so I guess yeah. How would you rank Ben and Like Beckham, and would you call it an, actually a soccer movie? So I I would say this is the first soccer movie we've watched. Uh, Green Street Hooligans isn't about soccer. It's about hooliganism, right. uh, which just happens to be soccer fans at, you know, in England. So it's just happens to be about soccer in that way. Uh, it could have been anything in the background that they were all united around. Right. You know what I mean? So the, the soccer didn't matter. <laughs> Can you imagine spinoffs now? Like the sequel to Green Street Hooligans? But I mean, like... there's two sequels to Green Street Hooligans. Is there really? They're all terrible, uh, both of them. Uh, I think the second one has a couple of the cast members in it from the first movie, and the third one has none of the cast members in it from the first movie, if I remember correctly. And the third one's also, I think, some UFC uh, wrestler Jeez. guy. Like, he they he wanted a movie, and they, they, they signed him on for the third one. It's essentially underground fighting uh, competition. And so it's it's barely Green Street. Like, it's not about that at all. 
I was just, did they say stay in the same place or is it like different clubs, different hooliganisms? It's all it's all the same gang. It's oh, all the okay. same hooligan. It's the yeah, Green Street hooligans are are the central right. aspect of it. It's just for some reason the third one's like, oh yeah yeah yeah, uh, we started an underground boxing tournament or something like that. It's like <laughs> it's like <laughs> some half-assed way of bringing it into the Green Street. But yeah, right. so this movie I would say, Vanilla uh, Beckham is the first movie where it's all centered around the sport and it has this the typical sports movie where you know it's like oh the ragtag team who you know the underdogs and are they going to be able to get their stuff together to actually take on the competition it has all those arcs in there which i feel like it is a sports movie any sports movie is like hey the underdogs train they get good enough and they barely survive or they you know some version of that right I guess I'm I, I'm trying to think like, and I completely agree with you. Um, yeah, this is by far the most soccer movie that has been on the list so far. Um, I'm trying to like when when what's the furthest you could push a soccer movie until it's like just a soccer match that you're watching, like you know, or or just any sport for that matter, football, whatever. Like what? Because yeah, there's a balance. Like just watching the yeah. trailer again to kind of remind myself of the movie. The trailer was very much this like soccer was there, but it, it was it was about the character development and the family structures and the relationships and the love stories and the blah blah blah. Um, yeah, it's the B plot. Yeah, I mean the soccer movie in this is the B plot. It's not the A plot. Right. Um, it just happens to be like the catalyst for some of the the A plot to take off off of. So, do you know of any soccer movies or any sport movies for that matter where the sport is the A plot? I mean, I was, I was uh, trying to think about this. Like, mm. I would like classic sport movies that come to mind, like what Rudy. But I wouldn't even. That's kind of, that's kind of like, well, that Rudy isn't really. Uh, Miracle is that the, one, that's the hockey I, one? That's what Miracle, I, was say. I think, is probably yeah. the closest because it's literally about them going to the Olympics, go, right. doing the thing. So it, it is centered around that aspect. Obviously, it has the B plots and C plots and like the relationship stuff because that's what makes it a movie and not right. just a documentary about a sport. Right. But it is more about you know, hey, we're doing this. I would even say Mighty Ducks. Uh, some of those are more about like you get a lot of time on the ice. Right. <laughs> Pretty much all hockey movies seem to be mostly about the ice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we named two, but I can't. Oh, I can't think of any yeah. more hockey movies than that. No, I agree. Um, I was, the I was thinking Miracle too. Wait, is it called the Damned? What's the the one with the the or Damn United or is that what it was called? Damn United. Yeah. That. So that's that's my personal favorite soccer movie. Yeah. And I would I would also argue that that that's the. Yeah. Or, as far as soccer is concerned, that's the one that is closest to having it as the A plot, um, using that terminology. But you're right. But even that, yeah, I mean, it's still actors. Like, Yeah, and they're mostly, like, not playing soccer. Right. They're mostly, like, you know, talking about, like, the aftermath of the accident or, like, the accident coming up and all that kind of stuff. So Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, so, okay, yeah. So, Bennett, like, Beckham, um, I liked it. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I liked it out of, uh, the most out of the three movies that we watched. Um, of course, I have. I'm gonna try to force this into a series if we're gonna keep doing Mon movies. I have Riley's notes because my fiance watched it again. <laughs> and, and, I'm uh, interested to know what her thoughts are. Has she seen the movie before? I I feel like she did, and then rewatched it. Okay. Um, I feel like I would have the first time I would have watched it. I would have watched it with her. Um, 
The first note, she says there are too many montages. She said she counted seven <laughs> montages. <laughs> there, there are a lot. There are a lot of like, instead of doing a whole soccer game, they essentially go into a montage and like the soccer game is within that montage usually. Do they, do they have like 90s music playing in the background? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this movie is, I think, 2003? That sounds wrong. It sounds like it should be no, earlier than I mean, that. It's somewhere around, like Kira Knightley's in it. I mean, yeah. and she's—I don't know how old she is in it, but she's a high schooler or college kid. I don't know what right. she's supposed to be in the movie, but yeah, she's young in it. So I would think that would have been like right before all the, like the uh, what do you call it, pirates movies and all that stuff. Right. Uh, another point she has is how old is Joe? Question mark. He's going after an eighteen-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> he is two years older than oh, okay. the main yeah, character. I looked up. Well, at least the actors are because <laughs> I was curious about that too. Because I'm like, this seems creepy. Is it as creepy as it seems? Okay, they're two years apart, <laughs> and at the time of the filming, they were both uh, over eighteen. So it wasn't as creepy as I thought it was. But I feel like he just has that vibe because he has like the smoldering look. And every, they right. really like play that up. Every time they the camera goes to him, he has to be like barely have his eyes open and looking all brooding. I'm like, right. all right, we get it, we get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I remember that. Um, but yeah, she said overall good movie. Uh, women's soccer deserves equal pay. She put at the end <laughs> a double exclamation point. I mean, yeah, it was a weird movie to watch because like the catalyst of the movie is them wanting to go to America where women's soccer is taken seriously. And the whole time I'm thinking like, right. <laughs> what? Like, especially like we have the lawsuit right now and right. we have like, you know, FIFA going haywire with all this. And it's just like women's soccer taken seriously in America. Huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's probably, I mean, this, this speaks to my lack of knowledge about the U S game globally, but I would guess still, the U.S. Women's League is still probably the highest-paying women's league in yeah. The, I mean, in the globe. don't get me wrong. I, right. I'm not, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. As far as all women soccer goes, America probably is the most serious about it. Right. But it's still so far, like it has so far to go yet, and it needs to like. Oh yeah. People need to take it more seriously and respect it a lot more. That it was kind of like. Right felt weird watching and being like yeah yeah they they have professional women's soccer in america and it's great i'm like yeah but they're not paid as they should be and like there's all these right. issues but yeah right. i guess overall it is the most serious right she gave it three out of five stars um i don't know if you would give it semi-equal rating. <sighs> I, I feel like this had as like a person who like loves movies this one felt the most like an actual good plot like not good's the wrong word for it competent plot and actually had like beats in there it was a little bit meandering and it takes some weird turns like the lesbian throw off at the end there it's like out of nowhere it's like why is the mom think she's a lesbian and why is that even in this movie and why is it a weird like sub like kind of meanders off to the side i'm like okay this is weird it dated it yeah for sure it 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 needed a little bit more focus i feel like it was a little bit all over the place but Overall, it was fun to watch, and it is a lot of funny lines, and the acting's actually pretty decent for the most part, other than the side characters all seem like two-dimensional, like, one right. beat, you know? It's like, oh, they have this one shtick that they're known for, and that's all they get in the whole movie. Right. Yeah, and I did think it was weird where, before reminding myself all the details about the movie, you know, I, I just did a quick Google search, and the image, you know, pops up. 
And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I, I forgot Kira Knightley is the main character. It's like, well, she's not. No, <laughs> like she's Jess, not. Yeah, yeah, Jess is the main character, but Kira Knightley is the only person on all the movie posters and everything, which is a little weird, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get it. Like, I understand their tactic for trying to sell more or whatever, but it's bullcrap. Um, <laughs> yeah it's it's always weird to look at or funny to look at old posters versus new posters or like because a lot of times these movies get re-released and like on netflix or itunes and netflix and that kind of stuff right. and you can tell like whoever became the biggest star becomes the biggest person on the poster <laughs> or on the box art or whatever I so it's like that. yeah so you, if you go back before the movie or when the movie was made, one person would be on the cover. But then, like, it, even if, like, it's a person that has, like, three lines in the movie, if they're a bigger actor now, they're, like, huge <laughs> on the poster. Do you have an example of it? Yeah, I mean, like, well, this one would be example. I bet right. you if you look at the original art for this movie, I bet you it's not Keira Knightley as the main person. I, guess um, I didn't even consider looking. Yeah, and there's, like, uh, I, I want to say uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was in some stuff, like, earlier on where he's like just another part of the ensemble cast and he gets bigger on the poster um uh same thing with robert downing jr uh he was in kiss kiss bang bang okay and i no wait no it's not that one yeah yeah kiss kiss bang bang because he's like essentially a side character in that movie but now if you look at the posters for it like he's the main person on it (laughs) so stuff like that i'll have to keep an eye out for that it's pretty funny um okay so that's that's Bennett like Beckham, um, which to, let's be honest. To be fair, that is a pretty big like cultural representative soccer movie. Not necessarily in the sense that like it appropriately kind of represents like soccer culture or anything like that. But like growing up or whatever, when I had no interest really in like going deep into soccer culture everyone would joke about like, oh, Ben, like back on, but you know, or like yeah. kind of talk about the movie or even just the phrase or whatever. So it is kind of, it's a, it's a pillar in like the soccer terminology kind of language of, of how people talk about it in popular culture. It's something that I just remember when you said Ben, like Beckham and like talking about that whole culture reference is for some reason, before I watched this movie again uh, on Saturday, I thought I could have swore I remembered Beckham having speaking lines in this movie, like at the very end. I yeah. thought he makes an appearance and he does a speech. He's not even that. I'm pretty sure that wasn't even Beckham. If I right. it, it didn't look like him at all. Like I was like, uh, is this because it's old or is that like did they not get him to even come on set because it's like you see him from afar. So I'm I'm, I'm trying to like I don't know why I thought like he actually had like an appearance at the end of the movie and like did some speech or something like that. Nope. I mean, if if it was 2003, yeah, this would have been peak beckham well yeah and i mean that's the whole point of it is but at the same time like if his name's on the poster and like it's i thought he at least had a speaking line in it nah he's he barely like if that's even him he is in like one shot and that's it do you think that like he forced them i think this is the right term correct me if i'm wrong do you think he forced them to like retcon the movie and be like no wipe my name from this like i don't want to be part (laughs) of no i i got a feeling he got paid and that's all he cared about it's also funny because like speaking of dating the movie is like all the spice girls reference right and like all that kind of stuff i'm like oh yeah okay this makes sense yeah um okay so moving on um to to new movies i don't know if we're picking in this session although we could 
Why not? We're running the podcast. We can just say sorry, Mike. We're gonna. <laughs> Although no, we, I don't want this. I don't want this responsibility. We usually put it to a vote and everything, which is reasonable. Yeah. Um, I what I know last week we had ladybugs and big green. Um, should well, we take some executive power and force a nomination into this? There, there has been some talk of maybe having another round of three movies or four movies for a vote on Twitter again, like we've been doing the last two times, and having them all be documentaries. Uh, that could be an interesting idea. Kind of switch it up again by having more, you know, like 30 for 30. Like there's a couple different soccer uh, podcast or not podcasts, but I mean documentaries on ESPN and that kind of stuff. So like we it. that might be a route we take. I figure we'll we'll probably throw up a uh, Twitter poll. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of movies I w- like. I would love to watch Damn United. Yeah, I would love too. to watch uh, something not like I don't know like. I like keeping it fresh and keeping different types of movie going. Yeah. No, I, I, that, that, yeah, that's cool. That just shows how far away I've been from all this communication. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that sounds like a really good idea. Eventually, though, I think, uh, yeah, I want to force one week to be Damn United because it's, yeah, it's so good. We'll get there. Yeah. I mean, who knows how much time we have uh, with this quarantine. So. Right. <laughs> Very true. Um, speaking of quarantine stuff, um, I hope we'll, I mean I hope we'll kind of get off the topic eventually in this podcast because I I don't know I, I think probably a lot of you are getting tired of hearing conversations around it but two more t- uh, conversation topics um, that we'll discuss related to coronavirus stuff um, the the fan created FIFA tournament the EUSL tournament cup whatever um, Josh you have a lot more information on this <laughs> yeah. I'll let you take over. <laughs> So for the people who don't know, um, essentially right when it got announced that the season was going to be postponed, uh, some USL fans decided, hey, why don't we make a giant tournament uh, or even like just make it a regular season of FIFA games with the supporters playing each team. Uh, so you would have representatives for like the Hounds and for Tampa Bay, like for all the different teams in USL. Um, so I believe it was USL memes, uh, kind of took over, uh, the Twitter account and he helped form this whole thing. And so out of like within a week of it being announced, like we had a, a logo and teams built together and all that as schedule. So Alex from the steel army, he is the hounds representative for this. Um, and he played on Saturday or Sunday. Anyway, he played, uh, yeah, Sunday. He played uh, two games. One was against uh, Tampa Bay, and one was against Birmingham. Uh, so the I think each one's like only like 15 minutes or 10 minutes long, the games. Right. Uh, Twitch broadcast, so it was kind of cool. So like there was probably about 25, 30 of us watching him play uh, <laughs> live and like just having fun, <laughs> kind of watching soccer. So he played against, uh, the first one was Tampa Bay, and he was two behind. I think it was well, two, or no, it was 3-0 at, at half. Go ahead. What, what, what team, do you know the teams? Like, or I guess or two, two clarifying questions. I'm playing the, the naive uh, listener because I actually am the naive listener at this point. Um, <laughs> you said representatives, plural. Are there multiple um, fans from each team or is there only one fan from each team? I believe there are. I think there's two. Um, okay. I don't believe, I know that I'm only aware of one of them for the Hounds. I okay. haven't heard who the other one is or know who the other one is. And, um, and as their team, they could pick any team? 
in FIFA. Yeah, I think the requirements like uh, like four stars are higher or something like that are lower uh, teams are okay. the ones you can choose from. So you, the Hounds are USL is not on FIFA, so right. we they're not playing as their teams. Right. So you just pick a team essentially. Um, I can't remember who Alex. I think we talked about it. Yeah, who is it? Dynamo Kiev. Kiev, that's right. The Dynamo right. Kiev yeah. is who Alex chose. Um, so he was playing as them. Um, I could not tell you who the other two teams were that he played against, because <laughs> uh, honestly, eh, it's it's you know FIFA. Yeah. It was more interested in that and only caring about him winning. Right. So watching the first game, he was down like three zero at the half or something like that, and it was not looking good. He pulled back in the second half and got two more goals before having a outside the box uh kick right at the i think it was 89th minute go wide Ugh. not go in the goal and then it whistle blew and he uh lost three to two could you name a man of the match josh for that game <laughs> alex uh the guy <laughs> <Fair> playing <laughs> second game was against birmingham uh in that one Alex held on. I think he won either 1-0 or 2-0. I can't remember the exact score, but he ended up winning that one. Uh, so, yeah, one loss, one win. It was pretty good. It was a lot of fun. We were all doing soccer chants, uh, Riverhounds <laughs> chants in the chat uh, while he was playing. And, uh, yeah, it was a fun time. He, I think he plays again next week. Uh, he hasn't gotten the times yet, uh, but keep an eye out, I believe, uh, Steel Army retweeted it out. I think even the Hounds liked it and retweeted it. So nice. Yeah, you'll you'll see the times uh, once they get announced for his second bout. Do you know? Is there like a other than following the right the right Twitter channels? Is there like a centralized uh, website for all this stuff? Um, I know that it is. Uh, it has its own Twitter account. Okay. Um, but I'm trying to see. I don't think there's actually a website though. Unfortunately. I guess, I mean, that is the age of 2020, right? It's exactly. Just... It's, so it's uh, at EUSL underscore, nice. because at EUSL was taken. <laughs> nice. Well, speaking of EUSL being taken, I mean, this is, I'm forcing this transition. <laughs> but what? So, so once this happened, uh, you were mentioning, Josh, the league wanted to kind of do this, but the fans had already set up something. So... Uh, the league switched over to doing a similar um, kind of e-tournament, but doing instead of FIFA, doing Rocket League, um, and what they're calling it, the USL E-Cup, uh, which is... <laughs> so yeah, close. <laughs> yeah. Really, really stretching the creative uh, juices on that one. Um, it doesn't seem like that one has started yet, um, but so also, I guess, FIFA is a little more... Um, we, we can kind of assume that a lot of the listeners know what the FIFA video game is. The Rocket League video game, how would you describe it? I mean, you're essentially a little toy remote-controlled car, and there's a really big beach ball in an arena with two goals, and you just kind of drive around and you try to hit the beach ball into the goal. Is that fair? Yeah, it's, it's soccer, but with uh, cars. And <laughs> it's very, like, kind of cartoony physics where you can jump and roll and... It, it your cars don't take damage and it's just fun there's there's power-ups there's stuff like that um and it's usually i think um i've always seen like either three on three or like one-on-one yeah. on one. like it, it's it's smaller amount of people on each side yeah. um whereas with fifa you have like people being all the players and a lot of ai controlled players and this one it's pretty much everyone is playing a car and that's it 
Yeah. And so what? The Hound's representative is uh, Canardo Forbes. Yep. And um, which I don't, what, we didn't ask him, like, has he ever played Rocket League before? I mean, when we interviewed him, it was right before they announced this. So we did not know he was going to be the representative for okay. <laughs> the Hounds or that the ESU, or sorry, USL E Cup was a thing. Uh, so, yeah, I have no clue. I assume he has to play. That's probably why he volunteered. Like, I, I, I got so. a feeling each team was like, hey, uh, who who knows how to play Rocket League? And someone raised their hand, and he was the one who raised his hand. So, <laughs> I mean, he can design jerseys. He can play football. I mean, what else? You know, like, yeah, I'm sure. Exactly. I'm sure he's incredible. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. That hasn't started yet. I don't know a schedule for that. All I do know is there is a, well, there's not really a website. It's uslchampionship.com forward slash ecup dash standings. Um, and then you can go into all the details there. There's eight groups, um, four teams in each group. The Hounds are in group four um, with El Paso, Rio Grande, and San Antonio. So all, yeah, all West Coast teams uh, or Western Conference teams, um, which is a little sad. Mm. Um, but, uh, but that'll be a lot of fun. I, I, yeah, I, I'm kind of eager into tuning into that. I've been kind of wanting to get that game, so it'll be kind of, you know, if if Kenny can uh, can pull out some wins, then <laughs> <laughs> um, one interesting thing about it is when USL or sorry when the Riverhounds tweeted out about this, uh, the Pittsburgh Knights, which is uh, Pittsburgh's esports team or like uh, group, uh, they're involved with a lot of different types of esports. It's like a esports league is right. what they would call it. Uh, so the Pittsburgh Knights. Uh, quote tweeted it and be like hey if you need some help uh training or anything like that we got you that's awesome and so yeah it's pretty cool like i hope they actually do uh like the the hounds and them can work together a little bit because i feel like that's really fun cross promotional type thing yeah um yeah the pittsburgh knights are they're they're legit they're really cool if you check out some of their uh media online it, there's a lot of cool stuff there they also have a really cool jersey if you check it out uh their logo is really nice what kind of do they specialize in certain games I mean, uh, so the way these uh, esports leagues usually work is they have like different splinter groups that play different games. Oh, okay. So it it, it kind of runs the gam- uh, gauntlet. So it's not okay. just one game they play, and right. it's, it's like a whole group of people who play different games. Jeez, whole new world, dude! I'm telling you, I I've been on Twitch for a long time. I've been into that whole scene for a, for a really long time, and it's it's really blown up and it's fun. Like you get into a certain game like overwatch or something like that and you can just spend hours upon hours watching streams of overwatch and like the leagues and hearthstone had a really good uh tournament there for a while that i used to be really into so i do that on youtube uh, less so on twitch um because i always felt weird to sit there and watch and not contribute by chatting i don't really like chatting in the chat box uh, so I just always i don't know stay yeah away from if it's a smaller channel i'll participate in the chat if it's a larger channel i'll just close the chat and pretend like it doesn't exist yeah that's a good point i mean what i i saw i mean taking a huge digression now um i saw what like in, when you include esports on top of the video game industry like the entire video game industry makes more money than all professional sport leagues globally combined or something yeah i mean uh to be fair once you get to the fact that you think about video games they cost a lot more yeah. And movies and that kind of other types of media, so uh, it makes money fast. Uh, but yes, it is one of the highest grossing as far as profits go uh, industries. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, well that's so we've talked about the movie, 
We've talked about the fan-created FIFA tournament, the EUSL. Alex holding it down for the Hounds, one win, one loss. And we've talked about the USL E-Cup for Rocket League. Um, presumably that's going to be on Twitch too. I don't know much information around it. Just keep keep your eyes peeled. Sorry, I had to cough. Um, all right, so I figured now to kind of wrap things up, those were the things that we kind of felt like we had to hit in the first 30 minutes. Um, and now with the remaining time, um, we're just going to see where this takes us. I just I, I wrote down a couple a couple kind of more general uh, I'd say soccer topics um, to to kind of get our minds away from coronavirus. I mean I, I, I I'm I'm kind of getting tired about hearing people talk about it, and maybe you are too, the listener. And so let's try to get back to kind of some kind of relevant discussion, stimulating discussion around soccer topics that we care about and we think think about and kind of take our minds off things. So I didn't really brief Josh about any of these because I wrote them down about five minutes before we started recording. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to see where, where this takes us. Um, I have about four general topics here. We might spend 30 seconds on them. We might spend two minutes on them. We'll see. We might spend more on them. I don't know. Um, the first topic that has kind of come up throughout the years in conversation, obviously we love talking about Bob Lilly. We talked about it felt like we talked about Bob Lilly even before he was the manager here at, at the Hounds. Um, he's he's a big figure in the league, obviously. Um, but the first question I wrote down, Josh, is what would Bob Lilly have to do to get an MLS job? I feel like the first thing he would have to do is want one. Yeah. Um, I have doubts that Bob really even thinks of going to mls i could be wrong maybe you know he just doesn't talk about it but i feel like he is more of a a coach who likes developing talent who likes to get you know diamonds in the rough uh you know kind of hone those skills of a young player and and kind of mold a player i don't feel like he's the type of guy who wants to take a whole bunch of big giant names whole bunch of egos and you know work with them uh, to make a team, I feel like he is more of the person who wants to be, I don't, not the like the dominating force and like right. <laughs> the, the the only person of authority. But right. I, I do get that feeling that he would be like, oh, a bunch of big guy or guys who think they're really great already and don't need me. No, f that. I don't need it's, this. It's a big payday, Josh. It's a big payday. Step up into the MLS. A lot, a lot of attention. You can, Does and then Bob you can want still money. Have- does Bob really care about that? Like, I don't know. I, I never got the feeling from Bob that he's like, you know, he wants bling. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and you brought up another good point of uh, certain levels of control. I mean, because you definitely get the sense that Lily has a lot more control at the Hounds um, over a lot of decisions about how the club is run. Um, I mean, that might have been slowly changing this season, right, with the kind of bringing in of the new like sports director manager person that is still kind of shrouded in mystery a little bit um yeah i don't i don't but i think as far as like choosing players choosing that kind of stuff i feel like he's still like controlling all of that and i i do feel like it would be really hard for bob if he were to like you know get into a bigger club and like someone says like hey we signed this guy here you go he's great bob would be like i didn't approve this or i didn't say i wanted this guy like it would not work out for bob i don't think do you think do you think that's kind of uh, do you think there's usl coaches do you think most usl coaches feel that way 
because I, you, I think you're right. You're kind of illuminating a lot of points that I very much overlooked. The job description just changes intensely once you're the manager at an MLS level because, yeah, you have to deal with scouting teams. You have to deal with a whole a whole level of different things. I know I just mentioned one thing and then I say a whole level of other <laughs> things. But, but you, there, there's a lot more things that you kind of have to – give up control of and all in yeah you're more a bit more narrow focus do you yeah i don't know do you think if you're an mls club would you even look to the usl as as a potential like you know pool of applicants or would you be looking elsewhere i mean i feel like you're looking elsewhere nowadays uh in the past you have seen coaches come up through the ranks of u.s soccer and i'm not saying it can't happen now it definitely can um but when we do usually see that happen it it feels more like hey a usl side got not promoted obviously uh made the jump up to mls and they kept their coach and so the coach kind of gets brought up with the team itself at least for the first year or two before they usually gets fired because of something like he's not able to cut it um so that's usually what happens uh but i do feel like it's a whole different beast yeah being a coach for a mls team or any other type of bigger league uh you are more of a cog in the machine instead of the whole machine and i don't know if bob would be able to give up those you know those controls and become a cog Last question on this. Do you think he would succeed in the in the MLS? I mean, I feel like for a lot of the same reasons I just said, I, I don't know if he would because I don't know if so. He would have to have a team around him that understood him right. and what his needs are and what he's looking for. Right. I feel like it would be really hard for someone to be able to know, like, this is a player that will work with Bob. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I that's, that's really rough. And I, I could see him just trying to either take over and having, you know, too much more balls in the air to juggle right. than he does for a USL team. Yeah. And that might be the issue. So it, it's it's possible. I, I feel like his talent is there. I just don't know if his way of working would mesh with MLS. Well, I mean, you heard it here first, folks. There it is. I finally got it out. <laughs> you know, the USL might have not passed Lily by, but according to Josh, the MLS might have passed Bob Lily by. I mean, without him ever being involved. Uh. Uh, how, dare you? how dare you turn my words? <laughs> no, I, I, I think, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um, he's obviously a very good coach, both both on the kind of man management side, but also on the tactical side. So, yeah, he's he's obviously very skilled, but yeah, it's it, it it does seem like a huge jump organizationally um, from the USL to the MLS. What makes him good is he develops talent, and yeah. that's less of what you need in MLS. You don't need to develop talent as much anymore, at least uh, as much as you need to be able to manage talent and get talent to work together. And in, in that sense, do you think he'd be a better kind of coaching staff coach for an MLS team? Yeah, I could see that working much better. Yeah, I, I unfortunately it would be kind of. Uh, Sad to see, but I could see him going to MLS, being assistant coach or something like that, or like and end up being the the coach for the MLS two team. Right. <laughs> Which yeah. at that point, <laughs> right. it's like, hey, you're doing exactly the same thing as you were before. Right? Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Let's let's move on to another one. Um, does the U.S. Open Cup matter? And I, I put it in parentheses for USL fans. Um, I know it, it it's it's probably a different it's it's a different kind of approach and consideration to MLS teams who more often win it like Atlanta last year um but does the US Open Cup matter 
I think it matters more to USL fans than it does to MLS fans. Hmm. I feel like the Open Cup is a chance for your team to play against opponents that are higher up and kind of feel like what it's like to, to play those type of teams. So USL fans will show up to those games. MLS fans, I feel like the tournament is really just there for them to wait until a winner gets announced so that they can watch CONCACAF, uh, right. you know, stuff like that. It, it's not there for them uh, as much. It should be, though. It really should be, but unfortunately, it's not. Do you think it's a timing thing where if their MLS team just makes it far enough, then they start caring once the stakes maybe get a bit higher? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, the first couple rounds just don't care. Right. I feel like it's... We talked about in the past, it's it's not only the, the history of this tournament, the fact that it's the longest-running pro sports tournament in America, anything like that. It's the fact that it's the only time you really get to see the whole soccer pyramid at work in America and kind of see what it's like to have them all go up against each other and watch you know, David and Goliath stories. It's, it's a lot of fun narratively to watch, and I wish it had more oomph behind it as far as budget and uh, availability and just ability to pack in crowds because I feel like that atmosphere is what's missing from the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, a lot of time, it just doesn't have an atmosphere to it when yeah. you're watching those games. It feels like watching a you know NPSL game where it's like barely anyone there and who cares? Um, unfortunately, so that's kind of my point though. Is like based off of purely like that, it seems like it almost doesn't matter. I mean, because I, I it, like I'm kind of if I if I put your feet to the fire now, I would have predicted. I, I think you said it last season. I'm putting your wor- words in your mouth right now. And you, can, <laughs> you can yell at me after this. Um, but I remember that there a time when we had a, a tough Open Cup game coming up, and it was the kind of still the earliest transitioning into the middle part of the season. We weren't doing that good, and a lot of people on the podcast were saying we need to prioritize the league over the cup right now. That I mean, and that's a line that gets kind of oh yeah, definitely pu- you know pushed out on for USL fans a lot because secretly all in the back of our minds we know we're not going to go on and win it or or, or the, the likelihood is extremely low. The best we yeah. can hope for is a home game against an MLS side. Um, so in that's, I mean, there's kind of, there's kind of a little bit of a resignation. Yeah, no, that, and that's legit. And, and it is a situation where I feel like as each lower league gets stronger and stronger, we will see this gap between the, the divisions, uh, shorten mm-hmm. and it becomes more of a competition and becomes more interesting to watch right now having, you know, the Riverhounds play against the Red Bulls one team or against like Atlanta United one doesn't feel as likely to have any good result right. for us. We, we might get a fluke goal and that's about all. Right. Um, and it sucks because it would be nice to be a little bit more optimistic about those type of games, but it also shouldn't be too close. You know what I mean? Like that should be David and Goliath. Right. If it's, if it's not David and Goliath, what's the point of the, the, the pyramid structure right <laughs> so it's a little bit of yeah i don't know I, I do feel like though it's a chicken and the egg thing if the games were more popular people would care more about them mm-hmm. but they're not going to get more popular until people care about them right yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and, and the league or not the league the tournament could do something to make that happen that's it what i was gonna ask put stuff in yeah yes. w- w- would you try let's say you're commissioner of the usl would you try to force these conversations to happen with the entire pyramid structure in, the, in, in U.S. soccer and say, 
let's start introducing more heavy-handed policies around draws and say something like, you know, I don't know, in early rounds, the higher-tiered team always has to play away or something. Well, yeah, and that would have to come from uh, U.S. soccer. Right. It wouldn't be USL, but yeah. Sure, US but you could lobby it federation. Or whatever, right? yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Th- they would have to start, if they wanted to make it more interesting to watch, they, they should definitely focus on that uh, to make it, David and Goliath, yes, but at the same time, make it full stadiums by having the yeah. lower league team play at home. Uh, and that kind of be the bias that's there. It's like, okay, well, you're the higher ranked team, so therefore you have to go away to play this game instead of being at home because you're already the favorite to win this. So why add insult to injury by making you the home team as well? And honestly, I think, I mean, like, I think it would be, it would be beneficial for you at soccer because like you said, a big part of kind of selling the quote unquote product of soccer is a packed stadium and you're just more likely yeah. to get a better atmosphere for, yeah, if, 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 if we a USL side and an MLS side coming to us, I don't know. I, I was going to, this is incorrect. I was going to say we would probably have more fans in the stadium than if the game was away um, at some, you know, I don't know, Atlanta or whatever. Like, but you're you're right, but a packed 5,000-seat stadium looks better oh, than 5,000 fans in a 30,000-seat stadium. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like, it's all about that atmosphere. Right. And the atmosphere isn't necessarily how many people are there. It's how full the stadium is. Right. A full stadium has a better atmosphere, regardless of how big that stadium is. Right. So, kind of wrapping up an answer around this, I'm going to change your words, and you can tell me if I'm incorrect. Okay. Does, to the question, does the U.S. Open Cup matter? You say it matters, but in its current form, like, no. Like, it, it does historically and culturally, and the potential of it, Mm-hmm. has a lot of there, there's a lot of potential of it but currently in 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 the in the past few years like the way it's actually played out um in terms of attendance or matchups or whatever it it there's it, it, there's not a lot of evidence to suggest that u.s soccer cares about the u.s open cup it's interesting because i feel like it does matter but it it doesn't the thing is it's not in a vacuum it matters, but if I'm saying does it matter more than the rest of the season for the league play, no, it doesn't matter more than that to me. But at the same time, I can look back and think of if we make it to the playoff round, or not playoff round, sorry, if we make it to a MLS team at home, mm-hmm. it would stick in my memory more than us making the playoffs every year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, making the playoffs is good, yeah, and that's great. And making a deep run in the playoffs is great. But if we're not getting first place, do I take that trade off right. over playing an MLS team at home, having those memories? Because I still remember DC United. That's a huge game to me. Like in my memory, that was awesome. Yeah, when was that? Like 2014, 13, somewhere like that. Yeah. Do you think it maybe we're just kind of somewhat tainted because it's been so long since we've had a glorious matchup? Like yeah, that. and that also might make it seem more important to me yeah. because it's been so long. Like right. if it happened, you know, once every other year, be like, ah, oh, this is what hat. Who cares? Right. Let's make that deep playoff run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it seems more unattainable, so therefore it's uh, more valuable. I say that is a great place to finish. Look at that. We got over forty <laughs> minutes. No agenda. 
just winging it. Um, I think that's fine. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm, be, I, I think these are, these are conversation topics that I think are still relevant in the current climate of what soccer is in the world, especially in the U.S. Um, so, yeah, if you have any thoughts or ideas around, you know, the topics of, you know, what what would Lily do to, to or have to do to get an MLS job and or, you know, does the U.S. Open Cup matter? Um, does it matter to you? Does it matter nationally? Um, let us know. Because we would love content. We would love to talk about it. And have, <laughs> we would love content. And, and have a discussion about it. Um, if that's it for you, Josh, I think we can kind of wrap this up. Um, yeah, once we get off the air, I need you to talk me out of buying this Pittsburgh Knights uh, pro gamer chair, uh, computer ooh. chair. Because it's like 400 bucks, but it has a Pittsburgh skyline on the back of it, and it looks pretty sweet. You're going to have to find <laughs> someone else to talk you out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> I am I'm, I'm not gonna do that. They have their own store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh Knights has a website, and then on there they also have a storefront, and they have like jerseys and computer chairs and all the cool stuff, cool logo hats. There's a lot of good stuff here. Anyway, we'll have to tweet that. That's out. Knights with a K for everyone who's wondering. Yeah, we'll have to tweet that out. Um, <laughs> that gave me just enough time to put up last week's agenda for the wrap up. Uh, <laughs> for the wrap up check, so that's perfect. <laughs> So let's let's uh, let's read a, let's read the wrap up. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to the USL, MLS, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for you and blah, 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 for your group or team <laughs> at roughneckscarves.com. And I nailed I nailed the web address. That's what's that's what's important. That's the important part. Uh, <laughs> tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. There's more plugs here about USL News. Heading over to BGN.fm. Um, got got over a hundred fans writing and podcasting about about U.S. soccer, or just, not even just U.S. soccer. There's there's at least a few right that talk. About yeah, yeah, there's a lot MLS and uh, a lot of other leagues. It's just yeah, soccer in general, American soccer, and a, and a little bit of like I think there's one at least one that does European soccer a little bit. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a podcast. Tons of stuff over there, and I mean it's a great time. The like there's a, there's a lot of really interesting think pieces that, out there right now, um, kind of you know rooted in you know american soccer perspectives rather than going abroad for it so it's go go over and check it out it website got any redesign it looks really good other than that that's it for me and uh i guess i'll use mike's line uh thanks everybody we'll talk to you very very soon can you say cheers still cheers <laughs> later <laughs>